so this is me um starting with my first episode on my podcast on chapter two unlocking english learners potential so my first reflection question was what is culture and why it does it matter um really going like before all of this i wasn't really too sure what culture was so this really did bring a lot of insight to it especially since when we talk about culture we talk about it in such a broad term but in our book it discussed it in three levels which i found very interesting which the surface level which involved just the visible things so like food clothing celebrations music and types of different um traditions on our shallow aspect it was kind of the beliefs about time um our beliefs on personal space nonverbal communications patterns and our relationships our relationships to parents and other authority and um then the deeper culture so this is more of ideas about cooperation and collaboration and notions of justice and concepts of self. So I thought that was very interesting. And one thing that I also really didn't think about this before reading was that culture is always changing. And the way that we see culture really does differ from location to location. The example used in the book is was from um Bolivian culture that Bolivian culture is completely different in Bolivia as opposed to in the United States maybe in a small community in Wisconsin. So I felt like that was also a very important aspect of it. Um it matters because it's always changing. Um what we might consider something another student might not consider it. And like our book says we shouldn't have them be in a term the poster child for their culture they should be able to express how it's done at home what they believe and give them a chance to express what their culture means to them they shouldn't have to speak on just the behalf of our belief of their culture and for my second reflection question it was how can your own cultural beliefs impact your classroom Um before anything um because I had to think a little bit about this question how can our own cultural beliefs impact our classroom um I think it's uh, I think it impacts our classroom because our beliefs of how a student should perform might not always be how that student performs and that has nothing to do with them that just comes maybe from how they studied in a different country or even in a different community within the United States it doesn't even have to be through a different country it could just be through a different overall community within the US where they just had different habits um different type of support um different ways to study different types of interaction So sometimes with those different aspects of what their beliefs are and with our beliefs we can clash at that. Sometimes we might think that they're not trying hard enough or maybe they're not doing the best that they can. Part of it I feel is because at least in sense of a teacher, 
you want to see everyone to their full potential. And when that's not met right away, sometimes you can get nervous. Maybe you're doing something wrong. Or maybe you're not doing what you have to do to get those students to where they have to be. So in this case, um, there could be a lot of clashing in terms of those aspects. For number three, our question was, what is a culturally responsive classroom and how do we create one? Um, Before reading this book, I could only tell you just a handful of things. And a lot of it was very interesting to um, be able to read about. Because in terms of that, whenever we think about being culturally respectful, um, we think about names, we pronounce them correctly, we ask the person how it should be pronounced so they don't feel like they aren't important. It's always good to get that first glimpse of how it should be pronounced in order so they feel that they are valued and important. Um, But it goes way beyond just a name. It goes about how we introduce topics, how um, we redirect behavior that maybe is um, not desirable. So in that case, give me a second, only because I did have some notes. Oh, so that's where I was going on. So going back to the whole name aspect, a lot of ways that we can contribute to that is, well, identifying a person correctly. Um, Maybe showing interest in the student's language or at least learning a few words or phrases so they know that they matter. And just like how they're trying to adjust to the way um, an American classroom runs or maybe how a specific teacher runs their classroom, you want to make sure that that student also knows that they are valued and that their culture is just as important as ours. Um, Trying to find different language cognates to reinforce vocabulary and their comprehension. And maybe even try to find try to find a little bit more about their interests and challenges outside of the classroom, just so they adapt a little bit better within the classroom. That they're not just seen as a student, but really as a whole person with interests and things that satis- that make them happy and that will give them more of a motivation to learn. Now, because a lot of this um, is due to students who aren't speaking English, the environment really does have to be student-centered in this case. So in order to incorporate things that will make it more student-friendly in those terms, we could always put up posters of of, you know, our directions or things that we expect from them, class rules, maybe have two translation of the class rules just so they know of their expectations. 
um, giving them a choice as well. That way they don't feel like they're confined to one thing. Um, they can always lean to what's more comfortable. Um, having their work displayed within the classroom as well, as any classroom should have a class uh, work of these students displayed. And just have a multi... And, and this one was really interesting to me when reading it because you really don't think about it. But in this terms, have a multicultural classroom library. I really did enjoy that because I feel whenever we talk about e, um, EL students, the whole objective is they have to learn English. And so sometimes we don't provide them those resources because we want them we want the push we want to push them to learn the language but the reality is that they should be given a whole bunch of options of their language and of english as well just as a stepping stone at least so they feel that comfort of their home of their mother tongue so i found that very interesting and our last question was, what new understandings do you have about how your own classroom shapes you as a teacher? Hmm. That one is still a tricky one for me because I feel like my culture, my culture does shape me as a teacher but only to the surface level. I never, um, well, my parents are from Mexico, so I've, I've always been a U.S. citizen. I've never traveled outside the country. I don't know what it's like to be, um, really authentically I guess would be the word I'm not too sure authentically Mexican I'm very Americanized so in that case I've always used my inspiration of teaching through what I what I visualized within my own classrooms what I would see on tv that's kind of like granted the ones that I see on tv have definitely or have proven to be false the ones in real life are more accurate of more depicted of how I of how I teach but in terms of that with that inspiration I also realize that the world of education is changing in terms of that but I feel it's it's changing in so many aspects especially with technology um for this question I'm not too sure if my culture has actually impacted my teaching maybe in terms of my expectations my expectations can sometimes be high and that that could be sometimes very off-putting for students because maybe they wouldn't like to work as hard and sometimes I understand that some we want to pull back and just do what we can do no one wants to really push outside that limit but I'm not too sure if that's a cultural thing or if that's just me wanting to see the best in my students but on that note I will end my chapter two review on culture and thank you so much